The second season of Loki is in the books, and I have my thoughts on all the episodes right now. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle here with my thoughts on the second season of Loki, which just wrapped up on Disney+. Plus. Now, I already did a review for the first four episodes. Those were sent out to critics ahead of time, and you can watch my review of those episodes right here on the channel. There's a little thing that you can click up there. Now, I couldn't do spoilers in those episodes because I didn't want to give away any of the surprises since the review came out before the season started. So what I'm going to do is do spoilers basically for this entire review. So if you have not seen season two of Loki, and you want to remain unspoiled, then it's probably best to pause this video, go watch it, and then come back because I am going to get into the story details and everything that happens in that second season. A lot of people expressed some surprise that I was a little underwhelmed on the first four episodes of the season, and going back, now having the full season to look at, going back to that review and re-watching it, I really wouldn't change anything that I said. I do think that this second season did have some pacing issues, and really when you look at the story overall, I think that seasons one and two of Loki together, if you were to make that a 10-episode single season, would have made a stronger story with perhaps a better through line than we got with two separate seasons. It really hasn't been a secret that Disney Plus kind of issued an edict when they were developing their initial series of shows and really up until the last six months or so to produce as much as possible to attract subscribers to their streaming service. And I think what that might have done is caused some of the creators to think perhaps a little bit small on some of their shows. Now, this is with the acknowledgement that there were two different creative teams on Loki Season 1 and Loki Season 2. So I don't think it was an issue of, oh, we had one story that we were told to split into two seasons. But when you look at these two seasons together, I think that it really tells a pretty satisfying arc as far as Loki's character. He goes from the selfish god of mischief who's rescued from this timeline that he isn't supposed to survive to the selfless god of time essentially, who gives up basically everything in order to save the universe, to find a way out. He has the glorious purpose. He has the power that he's always wanted. He just doesn't get it in the way that he thought he was going to for his entire life. When you look at the whole story, it's actually a really great arc for Loki. I think that there were some bumps in the road getting there, but ultimately I think that it works. Loki got most of the spotlight in these last couple of episodes, and that's probably as it should be given where the series was headed. I liked the idea that Loki basically spent centuries learning about quantum physics and temporal theory and all of these different ways to save the multiverse, and ultimately all of it was for nothing. It's kind of a cruel joke on the god of mischief, although I will say that that concept of using a time loop in order to learn all the stuff about quantum physics to help figure out a theory with a bunch of people that are supposed to know more than you was already used in the movie Happy Death Day 2. If you haven't seen Happy Death Day 2, by the way, I think it's kind of a criminally underrated non-horror sequel to what I think is a really good horror movie. I'm not saying Loki ripped anything off. I just think it was interesting that the same idea was used in basically the same way in two different projects. Okay, you said everything resets, but your memory, right? Yeah. All right, well then... You just gonna have to be a living record. I also like the discussion between Loki and the sci-fi author version of OB about science versus fiction and how they break down and how that tied into Loki's need to find all of his friends to help solve this problem. With science, it's all what and how. But with fiction, 
It's why. I think the only drawback to a lot of that stuff, especially in episode five, was that it didn't ultimately really impact the end game of what Loki had to do. Some might call it a little bit of filler, but it was at least entertaining filler and it was well-written filler. And it did bring the character to a place that ultimately got him to that final destination. Plus, we finally got to see Mobius on a jet ski. And I think that was on everybody's list to see before this show came to a close. I don't know if there's going to be a Loki season three, but at least we all got to see that. The one character who I thought was a little bit ill-served this season was Sylvie. She was such an integral part of season one, and there was so much connection between her and Loki, and I think a lot of that was lost in the shuffle in season two until you got to that final episode, and then we sort of returned to that same conflict that the two of them had already been having, but it felt a bit abbreviated, and it was basically down to one, what I thought was really well-written and well-acted scene. It's not enough to protect the sacred timeline, Loki. Even down there, it's full of death and destruction and injustice. But there was so much new to introduce. You're beefing up the role of Victor Timely and Kang. You're bringing in OB. You're bringing in all of this time crisis stuff and introducing different versions in time travel and all of this other stuff. I think in the shuffle of that, you did lose the thread on Loki and Sylvie a little bit. It was a bit one note. She basically spent the whole season saying, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go hide out and work at McDonald's. And she was really only forced into action when her timeline literally disappeared. And, you know... I understand there's a lot of different things to juggle. You have to do a lot of different character beats and a lot of different story beats. But I think that the Sylvie storyline is one that I wish there had been a little bit more time and attention paid to. And then we have Kang. And I mentioned in my previous review that Jonathan Major's performance as Victor Timely really didn't work for me. Of course, that fourth episode ended with Victor Timely being turned into spaghetti by all of that temporal energy, which I thought was a great way to end an episode. And they really kind of, it seemed to me, sort of de-emphasized him more so in these last couple of episodes. And then we got the return of He Who Remains. Now, I will say that I actually liked Major's performance as He Who Remains better in this season two finale than I did in the finale of season one. It was a little less over the top. I think it was a little bit more menacing and a little bit more in line with what I felt worked best with that character at the end of season one. My variants are already out there. We'll find them. There's too many. I won't stop. Doesn't matter. Never stopped me before. I know, champ. But I think the obvious question is, what's next for Kang? And given the Marvel process, I have no idea what was originally written for him, and what was perhaps rewritten and reshot as the season began to wrap up. But I think that we are at a point where if Marvel wants to, they could fairly cleanly move on from Kang altogether. When you look at the story of He Who Remains and Kang and all the variants in the multiversal war, it could actually be contained to what we see here in Loki. I like the fact that Loki returns to He Who Remains as if he is really his final nemesis. And again, that works even better if you consider this to be one big story. No, I told you. Reincarnation, baby. 
it's always been down to this idea of you have two options. You can kill me or you can rule with me. You can kill Sylvie or you can rule with me. And then Loki comes in and he finds that third option where he basically says, I'm not going to be the god of one timeline. I'm going to be the god protector of the entire multiverse and I'm going to phase you out entirely. I think that is in many ways an ultimate victory over he who remains. Now, in keeping the multiverse alive, that also keeps alive the idea that there are all of these Kang variants out there, and they have that passing reference to Quantumania where they say, oh, look, there's a variant over on Earth, you know, 616, but uh, they handled it. I guess one of them caused a little bit of a ruckus on 616 adjacent realm, but they handled it, so we're all good for now. That's all we can ask for. And I think this is the point where Marvel can decide whether to go one way or the other. They can continue down this road that they've sort of been building for themselves where the Kang variants are coming and you have this big war and you have all of these different versions, etc. Or it could basically be what we saw in this episode, which is that, yes, there are Kang variants out there, but Loki is the protector of the multiverse and the people that are in all these different timelines are taking care of the Kang variants in that timeline. You could even do a story about a different set of heroes in a different reality that's fighting their version of Kang. I don't necessarily think that Marvel has to follow through now with the idea that Kang is the big bad that is going to be the next nemesis for the Avengers or whoever it is. I think it's going to be a very interesting six to nine months as Marvel does some, no pun intended, damage control, because I don't think that the box office on the Marvels is going to be very great. The critical response has been sharply divided. I wasn't personally a fan of the movie. We'll see what fan consensus is, although, well, fan consensus is a non-existent thing, but we'll see what the majority of the moviegoers who buy a ticket to the movie think. But I do think that we're going to see some very serious changes that are done at the MCU. And I could see a reality, especially if Jonathan Major's legal problems worsen, and we'll see what happens in these next several weeks as far as that goes, where Marvel says, you know what, we're going to adjust we're not going to do the Kang Dynasty. We're going to rethink it. We're going to, you know, go back to decide what we want this next saga to be. We have the time now. They can use the strike as cover to say like, well, we had to push anything anyway, so we're going to do some retooling. I am not 100% sold that we are going to have Kang as the big bad villain that was promised, or maybe even that we're going to see Kang again in the MCU. We'll just have to see where it goes. But whether by design or not, I think the resolution of this season gives the MCU an out should they decide to sideline Kang permanently. As for the future of Loki, the character, and the show, I'm actually really happy with where it ended up. I mean, story-wise, where do you take this character beyond the nexus of the universe, the place at which all of the different points of the multiverse converge? I don't really think that you can bring him back into the TVA for a small-scale adventure, and how much bigger can you get than where he is? And also, just on a character level, I, I think it's very satisfying. I think that Tom Hiddleston played it very well. I like just visually what they did, the idea of Loki shedding this TVA garb that he's been wearing and adding as he literally grabs the multiverse in his hands, he becomes that godlike figure with the horns and everything else, with the cape that eventually becomes these branch timelines. That was a great look as well. He walks up the steps. He literally ascends to the throne. 
I know that people love Tom Hiddleston. I know that people love the character of Loki, but there does have to be an end for everything and for every character. And I think that this is a really great end for Loki. It's kind of bittersweet in that it is going to be an eternity of solitude, but this is a character starting back in the first season of the show that was in search of his greater purpose, his glorious purpose, who was coming to grips with the fact that he was not a successful person, that he was not this amazing godlike figure that he thought himself to be, that he was a failure, that the multiple variants of him were failures, and that maybe that was the life that he was doomed to. And then he actually finds this immense power, not in service of himself, but in service of literally every other being in the multiverse, and he seems very satisfied by that. I think that if you're going to try to add a coda to that or add on to it, then you're really just putting more into it that doesn't need to be said. It's, it's not very often that a character that's been around for, what, 15 years, almost 15 years like Loki, is able to get a very satisfying and not rushed and, and sensible character arc in the way that we've seen. And I was really my favorite thing about the show is where they left Loki. There were some things along the way that I didn't really like or that I didn't agree with or that maybe I think could have been done differently. But the thing about me, if you watch my reviews and everything here on the channel, is that I'm a story guy. Narrative and the story arc and everything, that is the most important thing for me. It's why I think I reacted a lot more negatively to the Marvels than some did because I thought that the story of that movie was a complete mess. Here, I thought that the general through line was strong and more than anything, I thought that it was a great arc for Loki and I don't want to see it messed with. And when you look at the two seasons together, I see season one as a really interesting introduction to so many different concepts, variants, and Sylvie, and the TVA, and Mobius, and He Who Remains, and the idea of a multiverse, and a multiversal guardian in the sacred timeline. And then season two introduced some other interesting characters like OB, and we had this timeline crisis, which I thought was generally pretty interesting. The Victor Timely stuff didn't quite work for me, and I think that the second season was a little more uneven than the first, but I think it paid off the concepts that were set up in season one, and I think that that's generally what you want from a series, and especially from a limited run series like what these are intended to be here on Disney+. Plus. So I know this might be a controversial take, but I don't even really know if I want a Loki season three because I'm happy with what we've gotten. So revisiting this whole second season, the first four episodes back in that first review, I gave a grade of it's fine. I will say based on the strength of these last two and particularly the finale and where it took Loki, I am upgrading the season grade to it's good and I would recommend it. It's maybe not one of my favorite Marvel things of all time, but it has some of my favorite moments and pieces, especially when you combine season one and two of any Marvel project. And I think that the thing that ultimately saved Loki was that it felt distinct and it felt centered on its main character and it still had a role to play in the greater universe and we'll see if that continues to play out or if it was maybe a little bit more constrained than was originally intended but I think that that's what a lot of the movies and shows have lost is this focus on the main character and for all of the other things that floated around Loki at the end of the run of this series it was about Loki. And that was what was most important to get right. And that's what the show, in my opinion, 
did get right. So those are my thoughts on Loki season two. What do you think? Did you like seeing Loki take his final form and finally his throne? Be sure to stay tuned right here on the channel. I actually have a video coming out next week called If I Ran Marvel, which basically puts me in Kevin Feige's chair where I give my thoughts on what I would do if I were able to do what I wanted really with the MCU. And there's even some things that this very show addresses. I've already done the show because I'm gonna be away, but there's a couple things that I think this show does right that I would have suggested for Marvel to do. So be sure to stay tuned for that next week. And I'll still have reviews and stuff coming out over the next couple weeks. Thanks for spending part of your day here with me. Be sure to stay safe and I'll see you next time. Bye.